Today, I'm joined by someone who has an infectiously positive energy about them, tons of fantastic insights, and an inspiring story that is sure to leave you with endless ideas about the opportunities for your own business. Mim Jenkinson is a multi six-figure-a-year digital product creator, five-star Etsy sticker seller, and online business coach. She's a planner addict and is obsessed with stickers. Now, Mim has helped and coached more than 10,000 people all around the world to unlock their creative side and learn how to make an array of products from scratch, the kind that people actually want to buy. She supports people to pursue their creative dreams from making perfect stickers they're proud of, operating a profit-focused sticker shop, or creating digital products that stand out from the crowd for consistent sales. In this conversation, Mim and I discuss creating multiple revenue streams in your business, along with evolving these as your business grows, succeeding in a niche market, and in Mim's case, this is in the sticker market, building a business that suits your strengths, your preferences, and your life, using social media and specifically how Mim approaches Instagram to build your brand and lots more. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Mim Jenkinson. Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online and build a business doing the work you love on your terms. Listen in for simple, doable strategies mixed with mindset tips and candid conversations with other entrepreneurs, all designed to help you turn your ideas into reality and share your passions with the world. Now, let's get into the show. Well, hey, Mim, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here, Emily. So excited to talk to you. I know, and... um. I kind of came across you, I think, on Instagram, perhaps, and I'm like, oh, Mim looks awesome. Let's um, see if she'd like to come on the podcast and I can have a chat with you. It's always a, uh, a good excuse. <laughs> Yay! I see you everywhere. Oh. Everywhere. <laughs> I think we probably know a lot of similar people, too. Exactly. Exactly. And something, Mim, so are you, you're originally from England, I'm guessing. Yeah, originally from the north, and I moved over to Australia okay. in at the end of 20. No, 2007. Okay. So I've been here ages, although I don't think I've picked up an Australian accent. I think I probably get more Northern English every day. (laughs) Did you know I grew up in Oxford? I, I grew up in England. That. Yeah. Oh, so that's why I also I listen cool. out. I'm like, I think that's an English accent. Yeah. Oh, I want to go home for a bit. Not forever because it's too cold. But yeah, I know. It's a lovely holiday. <laughs> yeah. But to see the friends, the family. Yeah. Oh, it's a shame it's so far, but you know, technology, it'll get quicker in the future, I'm sure. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, would you like to introduce yourself to listeners, Mim? Talk about um, like who you are, what you do. <laughs> I've got the most random business. So, um, yeah, I'm Mim Jenkinson, mum of two. We were just talking about the kids before we started. And I've had my own business since 2016. Um, So I actually started a really random way. Always wanted to have my own business. Had no idea what that was going to be. 
certainly didn't think it would end up with the business that I have. But at the end of 2015, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Now all is totally fine, thankfully now. Um, But I just, I wanted something to do at the time. I wanted a creative hobby outlet. I was going, had to leave my corporate role. I was going through chemo. It was really hard. And I had a six month old and a two year old. Oh my gosh, really, Thankfully, an amazing husband to take care of us all. Um, but just wanted something to occupy my mind other than that stuff. Um, so I started, I'd, 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 like, I'd been using a paper planner for years and I'd started to use stickers to decorate my planner, holding up my planner for those of you watching, beautiful stickers. I mean, these are quite simple ones, but it was so, it was such therapy to you, to do that. And I thought, I'm going to just teach myself how to make them. If other people have gone ahead of me and can do it, I'm going to do it too. So to cut a longer story short, I taught myself how to make stickers, all the YouTube videos, oh my goodness, taught myself how to make them and then um, was enjoying it so much. And the quality of the stickers was so good that I thought, well, I'm at home. I'm not making any money at the minute. Like, why not just try and sell them on Etsy? So I'd had had no audience at that point that was relevant, but I did have blogging experience. I've been blogging since 2013. So I knew about you know, setting up a website, copywriting, SEO, social media, those things. And thought, I'm just going to plow everything into this. And it really became the chemo project, you know? So I did that. I set up on Etsy. And before I knew it, it, it wasn't an overnight success, but it kind of felt that way because before I knew it, I was going to the post office nearly every day and posting my stickers to customers all over the world. And it was so fun. So, so fun. So to cut an even longer story short, then it became what's the next step? And I was getting so many questions from my customers about how I was making the stickers, where I was getting the paper from, what printer I was using. Um, And me being entrepreneurial thought, this is a great time to put together a course to teach them. And again, it was like the next step in the journey. So I did that. And then to fast forward, I'm now years later, I've got over 10,000 students all over the world. I've taught the most amazing people to make stickers. Many have gone up on to start their own successful sticker shop. And here we are talking about it now. It's so random. I never went back to corporate. I never went back to working for anyone else. And it's just become um, such an amazing business where I'm able to have fun every day. It isn't always easy, but it's so much fun and it's so joyful. Um, And I don't know whether you know, Emily, but... um, my husband actually started working for me at the start of the year too. Oh. It's now family business. Oh, wow. What does he do in the business? So he, so he really should have been the one to start this. Oh. But he has no entrepreneurial spirit whatsoever. <laughs> um, but he had worked for Disney as, an, as a hand-drawn animator for oh. a decade. He was awesome. He'd worked in Sydney for, and then he'd gone to the Philippines when they outsourced it there. He'd taught a lot of the team over there. He's just exceptional, but he wanted a break from that. So when we got together, he was a carpenter, like he just went into carpentry and they were the hard years of him being an apprentice. Um, so he'd done that for like 16 years, but wanted a, like needed a break. His body was like, we're older. <laughs> yeah, body exactly. Was, oh know, my gosh. Taking a toll. So we were like, you know what? The business is going well. It feels like a great time to bring him in as a designer um, to also help with the kids more and the house stuff and all of the things. So we've been doing this since February and we're still together. So yeah, I was going to say, how's that going? <laughs> do you have separate offices? We do. So okay. I my, think that's a key. Yeah. And he's behind a door to my left. Um, I actually tell you, like, it really, it, it, I do like my own space. Uh-huh. I really I like my own you. space. 
I like silence. I don't like to be interrupted. Like I, I think I'm really, I'm a bit of a pain in the bum that way. <laughs> so we're definitely going through that learning curve of how do we work together? Because he, in the beginning, God bless his heart, he'd be like, who was that on the phone? Or what, <laughs> what are you doing now? And I'd be like, shut up. Well, I said, so my partner and I currently not working. We're sharing an office. And so he'll just start like chatting to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like trying to focus. And I'm like, can you just save up the questions? And at lunchtime, like bring me your list and then we can chat. Because I, I, I like I the silence too. as well. I'm just like, no, yeah. I need quiet. Friends. <laughs> and he's so lovely and so chatty and just gen- taking yeah. a genuine interest. But I have to say, <laughs> like, if I was working in an office, would you just barge in, walk up to my desk and ask me? <laughs> and he's like, oh, fine. <laughs> so it's going well so far. But that's that's like the business. That's in awesome. Oh, so, so cool. <laughs> so Mim, what, what are the different, I guess, revenue streams and areas of the business. It'd be really fascinating to hear you talk us through those. Just what are the different things you sell? All of them. So (laughs) always, since my blogging days, it's always been important to me to have lots of different revenue streams. Um, And I've been made redundant twice in the past too. Oh my gosh. Again, it's like this starting from scratch. It's, it's no fun (laughs) really. You think it isn't, it really isn't. So just, and when, I mean, going through chemo, we literally lost everything, every dollar that we had, and we'd saved thousands. We were going to buy our forever home. We had a deposit. It just all went. And I never wanted that start from scratch again, if I could help it. So having different income streams is really important. So I have my courses. Um, so I have a few courses, a couple of eBooks and a membership. Um, I also have my Etsy shop still. Um, yes. I still think it's really, it's, it's a big deal for me to still get creative and make stickers and why not sell them. But also if I'm going to be teaching people how to do it, I need to keep my current knowledge too. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I run two online events, online summits oh every year. Um, they're huge. Like they have over 20,000 attendees. They're a massive <laughs> portion of <laughs> oh my income my now. Like that what, are they ago. for sticker people? They're for anyone who's interested in using a paper planner, um, using a digital planner, maybe making stickers, maybe selling stickers, maybe selling their own printables or planners. It's called Planner Craft Pro. And I've, I ran three of them. They're so epic. They're so cool, feedback. It's just, it, it blows my mind at how quickly they took off. Um, and there's a few other things. I could do a little bit of Minfluencer work sometimes <laughs> <laughs> with some sponsored stuff. Uh, so I have some great relationships with affiliates. So I refer people to them from my audience and they to me. You already know how affiliate marketing works, but it's just become a much bigger way for me to contribute and collaborate and also another additional income stream that has really blown up, especially in the last few years too. There are more income streams than that, but they're the main ones that I focus on. And it just means that, like I say, I'm not starting from scratch. There's always income coming in and whether it's an economy issue or something that I don't want to do anymore or something that's no longer working, there is always a stream that I can pull on to really amplify. Like if everything else was taken away and I was only left with one of those things, I know that I could definitely focus my attention and growth on that. And that helps me sleep at night. I don't believe we should try and do everything, but to have more than one income stream is super important to me. Yeah. So, so smart, Mim. I absolutely love that. Um, And we were chatting just before around, oh, but we just want to do everything and we just can't. So 
Um, I guess for those listening, what would you recommend to them when they are maybe at more of the starting point or, or just kind of in the um, early days of creating maybe their courses or a membership or affiliates? Um, what advice would you give to them in terms of perhaps where to focus or how to get that momentum? You know, I'm going to give you advice that people will hear all the time, but I'll try and explain how it works or didn't work for me. Um, But the two biggest things, and we do hear everyone say this, and there's a reason for it, is focusing on one thing and being consistent with it. Um, It's it's generic, but it's true. I mean, if I went back and thought about all of the time and that that I I don't like to say wasted because I don't believe anything is truly wasted. But all of the time I gave to trying to do too many things at once, as much as I was enjoying myself at the time <laughs> and letting my mind and all my idea, ideas go free, I wasn't gaining the momentum that I thought I think I really could have had. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to limit myself to only do a few things or one thing anyway. But I think it is important that when you test a few different things in the early days, really quickly look at the data to see what's actually working and then go bigger and harder and way more consistently on that thing. It doesn't mean that you can't come back to other things and bring them in later on for sure. But for me, you know, if I tried to start my courses and a membership at the same time, there was no way in the world that I could have done that for myself. I would have stress myself out, confuse my own mind, confuse <laughs> the people that I was talking to in the audience. Um, and so it really is just starting on one thing, building it up. And then if you want to bring something else in. Um, but like I say, nothing is ever wasted. So when I think back of all of those products and things that I started and tried and dabbled with, there have been so many opportunities to still bring those back to life again as time has gone on. Um, and some things that were honestly a flop in the early days <laughs> have now become some of my best selling products. Wow. So it's, it, you know, what, what experience and data and looking at that data brings you in the future, you just can't really predict. But that's probably, they're, they're the most important things. Yeah, it's pretty powerful, hey, to... um to be able to have that focus, to get something up and running. And then I always say you can come back and then pick up that next thing and then get that one back up and running. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And I I don't know that you do, but I hyper-focus on things. So if I'm going to hyper-focus, I'd rather it be just on the one thing <laughs> rather than 10 things. I already struggle to sleep. But, um, but nothing is wasted and nothing, we can't, like you say, we can pick things up again in the future, but just give your commitment and your time to making the one thing that is working work, even if your heart isn't 100% in it yet, if you see it working, give yourself that proof that you can have success and you can follow a process through to completion and then use the skills that you've learned on the next thing if you choose to. You mentioned, Mim, that you did have some flops. (laughs) (laughs) What what perhaps are some of the... um, maybe mistakes that you've made or things that you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Or, um, that, that didn't turn out so well. So, so many, um, <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing, and I was talking to a friend about this last week, and I, th- I think that this is so, we've all done this. I know this isn't just me, but if I catch myself doing it now, this is the message that I tell myself, um, just to, to try and let go or to recognize when you're being a perfectionist and to let it go. And where this played out for me is when I first put my very first course out there and this course, I labored over for months and months and months, probably six months to put it together. This was a $39 course, you know, 
months. I just wanted it to be perfect. I didn't, I wanted everyone to buy it. I wanted them all to get great success. And it wasn't even just that. I just didn't want anyone to pick it apart and say there was anything wrong with it. Um, I felt like a massive imposter at the time. I still feel like that sometimes of who am I to be teaching this? And I think we all do. So I didn't want to give anyone any, um, opportunity to say it wasn't right because my tender heart just couldn't deal with that rejection and feedback. So I labored over it. Whereas I could have just put it out there or even sold it before I'd finished making it, got people's feedback, found out exactly what they needed, worked out if I could help them with that or not, help them with the things I could help, and then just did a better job of actually getting it out there and making sales and helping people instead of me being all like precious and a perfectionist and doing nothing. Um, So getting over that was a massive hurdle and it's changed so much for me now. Like I have so much confidence now in putting a new idea out there. If it doesn't get the right feedback, if no one buys from a pre-sale, I can just let that go without feeling all emotional about it and move on to the next thing or dig into why and what I could do differently. So if I could go back, I would have wasted so much less time. We've all been there. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And I think as well that learning, Mim, that um, when things don't go to plan or you don't get the results you want, um, it's not personal. It's just the product maybe wasn't positioned right or there weren't enough people interested in it or not enough people actually saw it. But it doesn't mean there's something inherently wrong with you or you're no good or you're a loser. I know. And I like I still have to tell myself that to this day. Like it doesn't mean that there's like you say, there's there's anything wrong with me. Or, you know, even if there is something wrong with me, not <laughs> everyone wants to work with me and buy my exactly. course. And that's okay yeah, too. You exactly. know, but let's not focus so much on the people who are not right for me or I'm not right for them. And let's focus more time and attention on the ones who are. Um it was a big lesson. Um, but it's so funny. Again, nothing is ever wasted. There are there are so many offers that I've put out. There are courses I've put out that haven't, in the way that they they were currently packaged, didn't sell. And here's me thinking, this is this is it. I'm going to crack the million with this one. Like this is the, the, the one. This is huge. And literal crickets, nothing. And then I've gone on to package it in a slightly different way, or maybe I've offered it as a an upsell instead of an actual main product. And it's sold brilliantly and there's been amazing feedback. Or maybe I've cracked the messaging on it finally and I actually know how to tell people why it's valuable to them. Um, So, yeah, there have been so many lessons along the way. So good. And the fact that you've been doing what you've been doing for coming up to 10 years as well or or 10 years based on your blog as well, it's just like a great reminder, I think, for people as well to be to realise that these things take time and it's all so possible and doable. But it's not all going to happen in that year or two years or three years. It's keeping going and trying things and things not working and um, yeah, sticking at it. Mim, I would love to hear um, about your marketing, which is a massive broad question, but yeah. what, what does your marketing look like today? What is it that you um, are your, I guess, like regular things that you're doing, your deliverables? How do you get in front of people? I do everything (laughs) because I love it. Um, I spend about 20% of my time on product creation and about 80% on marketing. I absolutely, I love marketing. (laughs) And was that your background, by the way, sales and marketing in corporate? Um, Sales, yes. Okay. Events, yes. I guess I've always had an element of marketing. I haven't really had... um, Oh no, I have. I, I was a marketing exec. One of my very first. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I, was. Was. <laughs> I, I was. Eight, I think I was eighteen or nineteen, and the the man who employed me when I asked him for a pay rise said, uh, 
Mim, you are very ambitious and you want to climb the, the ladder a little bit too quickly oh. and be careful because you might fall off. <laughs> so I use oh. that as motivation. Wow. Isn't that You're like, yes, I am coming up this ladder. Yeah. Get out my way. Haven't fallen off so far. <laughs> so fun. But I love marketing and I find it, it it's really fun. I, I do find it again. Like my question every yeah. week is, where will I find new customers or leads or traffic or new people this week to help? And so it's coming up with um, all of the different ways that that can be possible. So I've got some, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. I've got some tested working funnels. And as long I know that as long as I bring the right people into those funnels, that it, you know, it will convert. They will be interested. I will find the right people. I will get the people who are genuinely interested in learning from me. Um, so it just becomes a game of, well, where can I find them? So um, whether it's my own email list, which is now a really big size community, or whether it's um, working with affiliates, doing paid advertising, um, running summits or events myself, sponsoring other people's. Um, what else do I do? So many collaborations, um, online and offline advertising, podcast advertising, everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I do all, all of the things that are possible to do. <laughs> Sorry. All of those things. <laughs> I feel like I could write Alex Tomoki's next book. <laughs> like, excuse me, Alex. I'm just going to come yeah, in here. Move and, over. Uh, <laughs> um, what role does Instagram play, Mim, in amongst the whole marketing mix? I really like Instagram, and I also really hate Instagram. <laughs> um, Welcome to um, everyone. I think is the people. same. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of consistency, not quite consistent on Instagram in terms of what most people do, but what I do actually works for me. So with Instagram, um, I've got two channels. I've got my personal one, Love From Mim, and my business one, Paper Planner Club, which is all of the paper planning and the stickers. Um, and Love From Mim, I just tend to just talk about whatever, really. Um, but the <laughs> other one is where I um, really try and find people who are interested in the things that I'm talking about. And the posts that I share on there are fewer and far between compared to some other accounts. But I think that the the quality is is high for me. So everything has is either adding some value or there's certainly um a path that I'm trying to guide people down. So it's either sharing a tip with them, um, sharing how they can do something that they didn't think was possible. Um, the goal for me is often to get them to sign up to my email list or to um, find the right person and see if they're interested in going to watch one of my free classes. So it's utilizing things like um, different posts and videos and some fun reels to attract those people, but then guiding them. So often I'll use um, direct messages or comments and um, just some ways of being able to start a conversation. So I'm also using ManyChat at the moment, which I've used a couple of times before, which is so fun. It's so, so fun. I've got the best Mimoji on <laughs> What's your Mimoji? <laughs> it's Mimbot. So there's a website oh, called, oh, called I'm just so jealous of your name, Mim. Mimfluencer, Mimbot. This is great. Mimbot. Mimbot's <laughs> awesome. Like, it's so fun. It's so fun. So I did this to automate because it's for me, my, my courses and my programs are really low ticket. So it's like a low ticket, high volume approach. So I actually don't have the time to be able to have like manual conversations with everyone anymore sometimes I definitely do like that that's a percentage of my week but I'm using many chats so that it can automate that but I just keep finding myself like going into the conversations just like oh it's so cute and it's working <laughs> oh, I love so, it Instagram I love but I'll do fewer posts and then the ones that are really resonating I'll put some ad spend behind those to reach more people so that's been my approach so far and it's working really well I always say this I'd much rather give meta my money than my mental health and I find um, social media can be really challenging for me mental health wise I'll either get sucked into the vortex and 
find myself scrolling for hours like we all do, but just not feeling good about it. Even when I'm like, I've really narrowed down the people that I'm following and I love everyone that I'm following. I love the content they're putting out. Um, I don't really get imposter syndrome directly. It's like a byproduct that I just leave that experience not feeling great, honestly. Um, and so, yeah, I'd just rather pay for amplification of what's working than spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. And it's, it's so my approach to Instagram too and what I try and teach and, and help people with in terms of you don't have to be like a fire hose sharing so, so much content, but be so intentional intentional about what you are doing. Understand like why you're putting that piece of content out there. What's the strategy behind it? And guiding people from Instagram to the next step. So is that to book a chat with you? Is that to submit a um, like request for a proposal? Is that to go to your webinar? Is that to buy a ticket? You know, like how are you using that to show people that you can help them and then invite them to take the next step? And I think once you do that, it it makes it simple and it means that you don't have to be spending so much time putting out so much content, but what you do put out actually drives your business forward. Exactly. It took me yeah, I should have known you before. <laughs> years, years to figure that out. Yeah. Like I would be there. I haven't posted today. I really need to take a picture of my planner and share it. Like it just And then it's pointless, hey? It's just yeah. like you're just churning out Boring. stuff that doesn't yeah. do anything. And then and even if you would get good engagement, it wasn't going anywhere. You know, it wasn't helping people. It was just me in a panic of I must post something because I must. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> you had a client that she she heard that she had to post three times a day. And she's just finding it so overwhelming. Her partner's like annoyed at her because she's on Instagram the whole time. And then it's like, no, if you just get strategic, like why are you actually posting that thing? Oh, okay. If I put this thing out there that has some value to my audience, maybe it's helping them or inspiring them or entertaining them. And then there's a call to action. Like what do you want those people to do next? How can you actually help them? Let them know about it. So much more effective. Um, And then on the mental health thing too, Mim, I was um, listening to a podcast that you were interviewed on and um, you shared. So I hope it's okay for me to bring that up here. But um, I think you you did experience some mental health challenges after you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, And I'm someone that's, well, still, you know, I still experience some mental health challenges and Mm -hmm. that was triggered by something big that happened in my life. And I find that I do need to protect my um, mental health and what I consume and make sure I get off technology and get into the fresh air and and get some exercise and all that type of thing. And um, But yeah, I so hear when it comes to what we consume can be such a huge um, dictation sometimes of of how we feel and think about Mm. ourselves as well. So true. And I think it's easy to not realize what's happening until it's too late. Um, so when I, after cancer, you know, I got the all clear, hair started growing back. I could work more. I had more energy. Everything was awesome. I didn't realize that actually everything wasn't awesome. And two years later, I found myself diagnosed with PTSD, drinking way too much alcohol, feeling like crap, looking. When I look back at pictures of myself now and videos, I'm like, who was that person? And why didn't I realize how bad things were? Um, So it doesn't have to be anything as significant as cancer, but our mental health is affected, isn't it? In so many different ways. And sometimes we don't know until it's too late. But when we do realize what can, like you say, what can we do differently? Getting outside more, putting our phones down, you know, looking at, same with business, what, what isn't working, do less of that. What is working, do more of that. Um, and it, it can take a while to figure those things out. But for me, um, even just setting up the business 
since when from the beginning when I got started, it was always important to me to set up a business that really fit in with my health and my mental health. I joke now and say that I'm probably unemployable, but honestly, it isn't a joke. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just not the person I was pre-cancer and I never will be, but I'm better in so many ways too. So my memory might not quite be as good, but the enthusiasm is there. <laughs> there are different things that I am much more skilled at now. I'm much better at letting things go. I'm much better at working out quickly what I'm looking for and what I don't want to waste time on. But it is important to me to have a business that isn't that is going to be kind to me and kind to my physical body, my physical health, and my mental health too. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Miam. And I think it's um what a <sighs> in a way opportunity and like privilege it is to be able to run our own businesses so that we Mm -hmm. can gear them around our own mental health needs and what what, what our body and and health need too so yeah super super special um all right mim so um we've looked at your different revenue streams (laughs) uh the type of marketing you do which is everything i would love to (laughs) just ensure everything um i would love to hear do you have um quite a structured um, day or week being a planner and having your diary there what what works for you currently in terms of how you delegate things or prioritize things in your um, your day your week and your month to keep your business growing and going I, I am quite structured but at the same time I also plan for freedom too so um, Fridays I very rarely have anything in my calendar I always want Friday to be the creative day the day that I do nothing the day that I do anything. Like I just want that to be a day that really doesn't have plans. So it's really rare that I would schedule anything in for then. Um, Mondays, I tend to not schedule in too many meetings either because Monday is my quiet day generally because most of my audience is in the US and my Monday is their Sunday. Um, I'm not getting many requests on that day. Um, It wasn't really a deadline for anything particularly. So it's a great day for me to do like deep work or work where I really need to focus. Um, Meetings wise, I tend to do them in the morning because my mind just gets so tired through the day now. (laughs) I mean, I am 44, so (laughs) there are all the reasons for that. But I tend to just do the important meetings where I really want to focus as early as possible in the day so that I can then have the rest of the day to do whatever comes up. And I always plan on a Friday afternoon. So Friday afternoon, get my planner, choose my stickers, decorate my planner and plan for the next week. So that means that the weekend, I can just focus on the weekend, the family, having fun, nothing work related, unless I want to make some stickers sometimes. Um, And then I know like I finished everything. I've drawn a line under it. Um, on a Monday morning when I wake up, I know exactly what I'm doing that day and that whole week. So there's never any feeling of what what are my priorities? What should I be doing? What should I start with? Like, I just hate that feeling. So it's like structure and like quite rigid structure and control, but also with so much space for white space and freedom too. Um, and I do find that planning gives me freedom. That's the whole reason I plan in the first place. Yeah, no, I hear you. And Mim, what does your um, team look like apart from your your Ooh. hubby? Is there anyone else that you have that supports you in your business? I do, but only recently. For a long time, uh, the team was me. It's yeah, just yeah. Me. Um, but I do have, so I've got my husband, Miles, who's awesome. I also have Aisha, who um, joined my team as a um, customer service and community manager. She joined a couple of months ago. Aww, um, she's awesome. amazing. She's amazing. I just found that as my audience was growing and as questions started coming in, um, the inbox was getting a bit too hectic just for me to handle. And also I want days off sometimes. Yeah. 
sometimes yeah. too. So um, she's been really helpful with, uh, she's just such a star at helping any um, incoming communication, anyone who needs help. And she's also going to be um, helping me with social media and with community management. So she's awesome. Um, I also have like a bookkeeper. I have um, an amazing many chat contractor. Um, who else do I have? I have a financial advisor who's awesome. I've got a few people who... Podcast? Um, uh, would no, you do, do your po- oh nice Me which is why it's very out. inconsistent no. <laughs> <laughs> well this is what I've said to people like I only have a podcast because people are waiting on me to submit the episode yeah. <laughs> to them so I they can edit it people are waiting for me I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so very very sorry um but otherwise it's like finding people who can help when I need them yeah more than just you know that feeling of I must have a full-timer doing this all together I feel like I'm only really at the beginning of my journey of of having a team um do you know Paula Maidens do you know Paula no. oh she's awesome she's okay. been really helping me like oh, she's brilliant. she's been my go-to for getting she'd be an awesome guest for you um I'm writing her name down yeah, <laughs> she's fantastic she's been really helping me like let go of that you know, the whole, you need a team. Everyone needs this person. You must start with it this way. Like I listened to that for so long and it just wasn't working. So I have made hires in the past where it hasn't worked out because I think I was hiring for the wrong thing without realizing, um, but it's all good lessons, but she's been helping me get clear on exactly why, like not just what I need help with, but why I need help and what that will make possible. Like she's had me actually write out, if I could get help with this, what does that mean I can now do or stop or let go of? So I found that really helpful. So I think my team, as it is now, will look very different in 12 months time. Um, But for now, I just love it. Like it's just me, Aisha, we're having a lot of fun and miles. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes it can keep it light. I don't know. That's my experience too. Um, when I think of my big vision and, and all of that, it doesn't necessarily look like having, um, a lot of people that are on the books working for me. What about you, ma'am? What's your, do you have, um, somewhere you're shooting for, or are you just loving and enjoying where you're at now and keeping this going? You know what? I'm really enjoying where I am. If I can maintain what we're currently doing, um, I'd be really happy. I mean, I'm never going to say no to growth for sure. And I'm always looking for ways that we can grow, but it's, it's growth with like the intention of still remaining or increasing profitability is always the plan. Um, I mean, I'm not far off the seven figure a year, like goal that I guess we all have, even if we say we don't, we kind of do like, it's, (laughs) it's one of those things. Um, like this year could be the year for that. Um, if I achieve that again, I only want to achieve it if it reflects on the profitability too. I wouldn't want that to suffer. Like I know I could get to eight figures next year by amplifying some of the things that are working now, but the effect on business and the effect on profitability would make it pointless. So those are things that I'm always considering for sure. I definitely don't want a huge team. Um, Having worked myself in HR and recruitment for a long time in corporate, I actually don't enjoy it. I don't, I, when I hire anyone now, I say, just so you know, I'm going to hate managing you. So how can we work together to make this good? <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I do find it heavy, the thought of having a big team. And it isn't necessary either. Like I, the way that I've set up the business, the funnels, it, it's all so automated anyway. It's majority, um, the majority is an evergreen business. So I actually don't need too many people to come in and do a lot, which is good. And so this far. is the amazing thing, Mim, that if we can understand ourselves and how we like to work and what feels light and enjoyable most of the time for us, Mm -hmm. then we can get super intentional about how we build the business and what it looks like and, Mm -hmm. and how our offers and 
um, way we work with people reflect that too. It's so true. It's so true. And it's the same when we were talking before about considering our health requirements. You know, we do we do have the privilege to be able to build a business that we want. And for me, having a big team would actually be, um, I'd rather not grow. If growing meant that I had to have a large team and be responsible for them, even if I brought other people in below me to manage the day-to-day, it would still weigh heavy on my mind. So there were certain things that I could do to grow that I wouldn't do because that's just something that would happen from it. Um, But again, it just all comes with testing, doesn't it? And working out what's working, what feels light, like you said, what feels heavy, what what is working, what can we do more of? Um, And that's where the fun comes in. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been so good to chat with you, ma'am. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would love to share? I think we've had a great chat. Oh, getting to know you as well. I mean, I just find I find this online business thing game so fun. We're all doing things in such a different way. Um, going back to what we were talking about right in the beginning, like I wish if I could go back to 2015, 16, Mim, um, when I was feeling, you know, bad about things not being perfect or bad about things not quite working out. And anyone else who might be listening who is in that position now, just know that nothing is wasted. Like the data that you're gathering now is going to lead to better decisions or better outcomes. There are always ways that we can improve for sure. Um, and I just think if we can make that testing and data collection and trialing as fun as possible, whatever fun looks like to you, then that's something that really keeps me going. So um, that's really the only thing that I want to share. So good, ma'am. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing so openly. Thank you for um, the many topics that you that you covered <laughs> and we delved into. Where can everyone go to find you and connect? with you and uh, get some meme in their life. Yay. Go <laughs> hang out on my inconsistent yeah. <laughs> um, So Paper Planner Club is the one, is probably the best one. Um, although feel free to share it, um, to follow me at Love for Mim too, because I do share some really awesome memes <laughs> of other people's. Um, and then the Planner Podcast. Um, it's a little bit inconsistent right now, but I absolutely, I love talking and I love sharing on that. I just, I, there's no, you know, one of the things where you like do more of what's working. Yeah. The podcast is working in so many ways. Oh, so so good, yeah, either the Planner Podcast or Paper Planner Club on Instagram, they're the two places that oh. I'm hanging out the most. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to maybe meeting you in person one day Yay. and um, chatting again really soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Emily Osmond Show. I would so appreciate it if you could leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Simply scroll down past all the episodes to where you find ratings and reviews. Tap Write a Review and be sure to include your name or business name so I can give you a shout out too. You'll find my latest resources at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And remember, until next time. Connection over perfection. You have got this and we'll speak soon.